Comic-Con type of weekend. I'm on my way there now as we speak, or as you listen. I'm probably there. Uh, a couple things here. We have a very special guest tonight, today, whenever you're listening. Sugar Ransom. And definitely tune in. I, I like I say, she's a great musician. You're in for some great music as well. We're going to kick things off with Never Not Broken. Uh, that's one of several songs you hear on this particular show. And she's a very charming person. She'll be on very shortly. And uh, you heard a little promo before this for a little book called The Fall of Tomorrow, which is out right now. That was my debut novel. If you like your monsters, you like your apocalyptic tales, sort of, um, give me a shot. Check it out, Amazon.com, or go to FairlyDarkProductions.com. Another release that came out actually last week. One of our makers of the, the podcasting uh, Society 13 network, of course, back in the Red Horse Radio days. Well, John Towers, Dr. John Towers has a book out right now. The Books of the New Apocrypha, okay? The Jin Jihad is what it's called. Look it up, graphic novel, amazing stuff, incredible art, great story, terribly original. And to look it up, Jin Jihad, not everybody, not everybody knows how to spell this. D-J-I-N-N, first word, Jin Jihad, you should know that by now. J-I-H-A-A-D. The Books of the New Apocrypha. Alright, I'm telling you right now, check it out. Both are out right now, and with that in mind, let's hear some Sugar Ransom before you actually hear Sugar Ransom. And thanks for listening.
Welcome to KWR. I'm Dave. Some of you know that. Some of you don't. Some of you don't care. We have a newcomer to the <laughs> show. <laughs> and uh, I want to have to say compliments to my buddy and yours. Uh, Dave Barsky has introduced me to Sugar Ransom, who I'm honored to have on the show. And if she, I guess, think you're in Milwaukee right now, right? I am in Milwaukee right now, yep. But not a native of Milwaukee, right? Is it Florida? Yeah, I was born in Florida, yeah. Okay, well, I've been trying to keep up with your antics here. It's not the easiest thing to do, but it's definitely fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, and I had a crash course in Sugar Ransom, and uh, about a month ago, I started listening to just about everything you had out there. And you have, as far as I see here, uh, you have the four-song EP, and that's my dog in the background. Once again, part of the show. That's Jet Marie, named after Paul McCartney's song. Hey, what can I tell you? She's on every <laughs> show that we try. Well, we try to get her to speak, but right now, you know, she's going to go off the wall. But what can I say? Okay. Anyway, so a four-song EP, Shine On, Shadow. And mm-hmm. that was first before your full-length album, 2014, Mary Hunt, I believe? Mercy, Mercy Hunt. Mercy Hunt. Oh, my God. Mary Hunt. <laughs> Mary Hunt. At least Hunt. you made the first mistake. Yeah. It's, no, actually, my dog threw me off there. I knew it was Mercy oh, okay. Hunt because I actually own the album now. I can't believe I said Murray Hunt. Is that going to be like the happy sequel? <laughs> 
Anyway, so all right, if we're going to explain Sugar Ransom, um, they claim you're folk American. Do you say that? Um, I don't. I never know what to say. Lately, I've just been calling it Suicide Western because that sounds funny. Um, yeah, the whole genre (laughs) thing still is kind of, it's like a thing that I just play with now because it's, folk is really general and so is Americana, so. Yes. I, well, I have, I had a guest on here. His name's Bill uh, Smith, who's going to be a huge fan of yours. And he creates what he calls American music. And I mean, in the vein of, if you want to go as far back as, you know, like say the band America, Ventura Highway, all that fun stuff. Uh, great stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Bob Dylan, you go back that far, and then you got folk music. But yeah, he calls it American music. He's very similar to what you do. So that's how I relate to it. And he would, he's going to be your biggest fan after he listens to this. Oh. Yeah, I'll oh, introduce okay. you to at some point. Oh, trust me. Yeah, you guys are kind of on, on par. Bill Smith, you look on my Facebook, you'll find him. But, um, okay. now, uh, again, Dave Barsky, where do your roots go? How did you meet him? Uh, was it during the Flying Medusa days in Milwaukee or? concert promoting no i actually i met him uh, kind of recently i was in in milwaukee in town and just went to a show one night and um and met him and then um we all hung out with the band after um at, you know because i was friends with the guy that had booked the show and so we were all just hanging out and i mentioned that i was going to be in pittsburgh and wanted to stay for a while and he's like oh i have contacts in pittsburgh yes um because i just i'd sang them some songs you know so um yeah he was, that's yeah, he was very impressed <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah sorry i missed you in pittsburgh i mean that was a matter of time and of course the one time you're here is the one time that i was away uh well i shouldn't say that but it's been a busy couple of months for me but yeah sorry i missed you oh that's all right what happened in pittsburgh what, what, what did you you did a show yeah i did a couple shows um i was on tour with brett newski and he was going to be leaving and going on tour as a support act for um pete donnelly and uh so I was originally just, I, well, originally I wasn't sure if I was going to go back to Milwaukee or back to Florida or what, what I was going to do. So I kind of really procrastinated buying any kind of ticket out of there. And then I was like, well, I'll be there. I mean, I can find people to count. Like I may as well just explore Pittsburgh for a couple of days. There's no reason not to. Um, so I did that. Yeah. Okay. That well, fun. we, um, we kicked off the show with Never Not Broken, which I think is a phenomenal song. And, um, I, you want to tell me a little bit about where that comes from? Um, well, you know, there's the Hindu goddess of never not broken and and it's just sort of the whole cycle of perpetual. I mean, that's a lot of what Mercy Hunt, that record is about is perpetual death and rebirth and constant transformation, um, and just really cyclical things. I mean, it was kind of my debut full length, so I didn't touch very much on the fact that it was kind of a concept album, but I can't really make you know, I can't really throw like nine songs together without them making some sort of sense together. So it was kind of. I that was completely kind of... agree, and I actually saw that. Um, in a way, we are kindred spirits when it comes to not wanting a theme, but a theme actually happens. Uh, I, I never like when it comes to writing. I never, you, you never set out to write a love story, but it can happen by mistake all of a sudden in the yes. writing. You know, and, and that, those are the best. I mean, that's, it comes from raw motion, real place. And, um, yeah, I, I mm-hmm. did find a common theme. I didn't want to say anything. I wanted to hear you say it first. <laughs> um, now, did you start off as a cover artist? Um, or were you always original in the beginning when, before you started covering? Like, say, you have that Leonard Cohen song, which is amazing. I got to watch that too. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, as soon as I picked up a guitar, I started writing songs. I mean, I'd grown up playing music. Um, 
and you know covering songs was part of how I learned how to play instruments you know but um but I've always been original I got that feeling much I throw covers around here and there like if if I feel like I'm losing the audience I'll I'll play a cover song to get their attention back <laughs> well, that's probably a good tactic, but uh, yeah, I, the, the Leonard Cohen song was just amazing. Uh, you can watch that on YouTube, folks. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Blue Raincoat? Yeah, Famous, famous Blue, Raincoat. Blue Raincoat. Yeah. I'm a fan. I actually, I, I know, I love when girls tr- cover Leonard Cohen. I, I'm a Concrete Blonde fan. And God is a Bullet. Are you familiar with that one? Uh-uh. Uh, well, check that out sometime. Yeah, she, yeah. uh, Jeanette Napolitano, Concrete Blonde goes back to the late 80s early 90s and she's still playing these days but yeah I, he's just a huge influence among i want to say folk and rock singers and i was really yeah I, I was amazed to see that and you had a little a video as well on youtube which was kind of cool um are there any covers or songs that you're intimidated intimidated by that you would not try or you did try and you're like oh, i can't do this um and no that hasn't happened yet i mean Maybe, like, there's some that I just do just to learn them, just to sort of, like, absorb, like, whatever it is in them that I, that I like. I mean, I won't necessarily do them for a live show. It depends kind of um, if I'm playing with my band or by myself. That kind of can decide what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do, you know, because mm-hmm. there's, there's some part where it's like, yes, I should push my limits, but then there's, like, reason and, like, engaging, you know, whether or not you can still engage the audience. Like, I mean, because when I play solo gigs, all I've got is, like, my voice and a guitar. So, like, and I, I like how limiting that can be. Yeah, very know? stripped down um, to the point, yes. Yeah, but I don't do, like, really heavy songs when I'm just me with an acoustic guitar because that's not, I feel like it's just not the, quite the time and place for that. When I have a full band, I'll do, you know, <laughs> I like to sort of go all out, but... I was going to hit on that too, but I was watching a little footage from a Tampa radio station that you're at and they seemed <laughs> surprised that you were uh, emotional at the end of the song. And I'm like, how could you not be after playing that song? Like they didn't know how to take you and you almost didn't know how to answer them. And I thought that was kind of funny. It was a very real moment in rock. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Yeah, you could look that up. It's uh, also on YouTube. The, what was it? Tampa 88 something radio station. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, 88.5. Oh, man, I'm so bad at remembering. That's There's all right. Too many and too many... <laughs> but it was WMNF. I remember that. There you go. That Yep. And you pretty much did your thing, and they were taken aback. They didn't even know how to address you afterwards, and you were just kind of like, yeah, of course I'm emotional. Jeez. Yeah, like, um, this is one of the saddest songs ever. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as, was it family um, that influenced you musically, or friends, or just picking up your dad's 45s, or, you know, listening to the mom sing to the radio? What what exactly got you into all this? Well, was, I mean, I, my dad was a musician, so I took piano lessons when I was really young, and, I mean, that was sort of part of what my family did, was was that we all played music, and we all sang, and we all, like, when I'm with them, we all sing harmony. I didn't know that that was, like, weird, or that it wasn't, <laughs> like, the norm until someone, like, pointed out, like, you know other people's families don't sing all the time, and I was like, what? Why not? <laughs> no, I, I understand. We we did that in my family. My dad was in a, in the 50s into the 60s. He's a drummer in a band, and he could also sing and play bass, but um, it was, it was 50s doo-wop and going into towards Beatles-type stuff, so that happened in my house, and we'd play the 45s that he would play, you know, so I learned from basically the, 
the easiest of rock and roll, but also the most purest of rock and roll to appreciate music. It always comes back to the Beatles, as far as I'm concerned. But that's just me. Uh, where do you stand with like classic rock or even like, I mean, stuff older than us? Uh, I'm older than you by twice, I think. Oh, do you, how do you? Yeah, do you listen to like any Beatles? Let's go as far back as fifties, sixties, seventies. In no, your case, I do. I mean, I listen to tons of old music. Um, just, I guess, like that's just that's always resonated with me the most because, like, before like before rock stars sort of you know totally took over, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, I listen. I try to listen to like current music as much as you know i try to just listen to everything as much yes. as i can but i do prefer older music like i'm really into Etta james and um louis armstrong you know and just going like and i've sort of explained it to people before where like i really want to learn from like the people who who like wrote and performed things that that stood the test of time you know, and yes. it, it's hard to tell that kind of with, with newer stuff. And there's a lot of trends that happen that even if you're involved in them, you can't tell sometimes that you're um, in this trend. Exactly. It's happening. And it's, that's very true. And if you don't know you're in it, then it's probably even better that way. Because um, then you're not trying to, you're just doing your thing and not trying to, uh, you know, become <laughs> part of the trend. Right. You know, yeah. you're creating your own. And in a way, I, from what I've seen, you pretty much are your own person. There, you, there are people you can be compared to, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't do you justice at all, really. Um, would you say, and I, I, this is what I really am curious about, is that your music is built more on places and feelings rather than like, uh, like places and feelings in time rather than a simple storytelling. Um, it seems like yours, your songs are more soulful and more feeling than just you're just telling the story about a person and, you know, and a happening. Well, I think it's part, I mean, it's a little bit of both. I mean, it's, and most of the songs, like, they are a story, but it's, it's like not one story, it's several stories that yes. I just turned into one. But I always try to, I mean, and I'm a, I'm a writer too, and, and there's just something about, you know, a setting. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like, laying out the setting and I, I like to do that with the sound and that's why I like playing with a band because I can you know sort of create a scene and then tell the story into it and it is a lot about feelings more than just like you know a timeline of events yes that's yeah that's all I, that's how I listening to it I just and even looking at the album cover um for Mercy Hunt it was like you get a feeling from that. I just, and it, it provokes a feeling that's real. Like, it's, it's real writing. There's a difference between that and just, you know, what your, your, uh, your Bon, I hate to say it, guys, but yeah, your Bon Jovi's and your Britney Spears, mm-hmm. like, and basically all this, you know, convoluted bullshit that, you know, people just, they have all these writers writing for them, and it just, I, I, I can't, you could tell the difference between something that's pure and something that's just been, uh, created by 20 screenwriters, you know, just, it doesn't, that right. doesn't hold up. Um, I'm gonna play a song right now, and I'm actually picking one right now for our second song. Um, I, Lost okay. Dreams sticks out for me. Okay. Yeah, where are you with Lost Dreams? Um, that one's pretty close to, to, close to my heart. I wrote that for, um, a lover who was, was like losing his mind, and, and I knew that he was losing his mind, but I, like, there was no way for me to, um, make him understand that you know because it you know when you're losing your mind you, you don't know and um it was really yeah i mean it was, it was incredibly difficult because i loved him very much um and i knew that i was like losing him and i also knew that he was like losing himself um and i like read this story of the iroquois had this idea that um you didn't have one soul you had many souls 
but that you could lose some of them. And so they had these shamans that would go into your dreams and try to convince, you know, these lost dreams mm. that you had. You know, it was like you, when people gave up on their dreams, you stopped dancing and got, you know, just lost parts of themselves. They would try to go in and convince the dreams to come back to the person. But a lot of times they would be scared, you know, because they'd been rejected or left behind by the, you know, the person and in their heart, you know. And so that's that's kind of what, what's that was a little bit of my mourning process as that was going on it won't surprise you to know that i knew what i was getting into when i asked a question about that one <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's very heavy that's very strong and very um uh, bold of you to write that and then talk about it uh, really i was expecting you to say i don't want to talk about that <laughs> but <laughs> i i appreciate you doing that okay well let's let the audience judge right now for themselves we're gonna play lost dreams i'm here with sugar ransom and hang on we're gonna be right back
Lost Dreams. I'm here with Sugar Ransom, and honored to be. I'm honored to have her on right now, and she she's out there, right? Say hi. I'm here, <laughs> and the honor's all mine. <laughs> and I, I was telling her off air where I was la- having a laugh at her page, or I guess I saw it on her Facebook page because I scour that for videos and everything else. And um, she was contemplating pouring whiskey in her coffee one day, and <laughs> and what was that? You put it out there. Should I? And and what happened when you asked no, everybody? I, uh, it- I wrote it, reasons not to pour whiskey in my coffee, and then I just put, you know, the letter one and left it there. And no one no one had any reasons. Nobody gave you a reason. Oh, there was one I that said you... Thrilled, you know. Like... <laughs> so one of your friends said they'd like it pure. Why would you put coffee in your whiskey type of thing? Um, yeah. we, we did a show here. I did a show way back with a writer in Canada, uh, Mandy DeGate, and it, um, it was called Too Early for Whiskey. We, we actually recorded it 5 or 6 in the morning, and we were doing... Uh, the best of uh, of the year before and things, do's and don'ts in the new year. Meanwhile, yeah, we had our little Irish coffees in the morning. Uh, Yeah, too early for whiskey. So I got a kick out of you uh, posting that. Now, this is a a big one because I I watch you when you play, and everybody can if they go to YouTube. Um, You you, Do you find relief in your writing, performing um, with your music, or do you find that you're hungry to move on to the next song, like you're never satiated? Um, I think a little bit of both. Like I find, I mean, each, every song has something different in it for me, you know, so there's a relief. I mean, I'm, I get real cranky when I'm not performing often (laughs) enough, so I know that I have a lot of relief in doing it. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to hear. Because I could see the energy leave you (laughs) when you're singing. Yeah. And that's a real thing, and only real artists have that. And some of them, I mean, you can take your Phil Anselmo's, they have to pound something on the stage to get that out, and it's never enough. And then you have, you know, just I, people that just deflate on stage, and it's it's real in both cases. You know, and I, I, I watch you, and, you know, I'm curious, where do you go after that one song? Because I haven't seen you live yet. I mean, do you, <laughs> you pick up the pieces and roll on, or do you, like, grit your teeth? Or you, I mean, are you already just exhausted after five songs? <laughs> No, I, I mean, I, I actually prefer playing longer sets because it's more cathartic for me. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I usually get off the stage, run and hide and smoke a cigarette for five minutes and then come back and talk to people. Nice. I, mean, I usually want to go, like, go to sleep after, but I, you know, I'm not allowed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you said cathartic. I was going to ask you, do you have a favorite in your, uh, in your songs? What is the most cathartic? Or maybe least. Um, I mean, I, I think it changes depending on the day, I'm, you know, and my mood. Um, and a lot of times, it's my newer stuff is the most cathartic, you know. So, and it's I'm fresh. always writing, you know. So, um, I would say probably mm, the name of a river always still takes a lot out of me. It's still one of my favorites to play. Um, well, I understand that. Um, and now, um, as far as Milwaukee, I'm sorry. Are you, do you, are you going to be stationed in anywhere for a permanent amount of time, Florida or Milwaukee? Do you prefer one or the other? Um, 
you don't want to say? I'm staying in Milwaukee for for the next couple months. I really want to go to Spain. Like, I'm just staying to sort of collect myself. That mm. last couple months of touring wasn't very well planned because I wasn't planning on doing it. It just kind of happened because my life fell apart. And I really loved it. Um, but I want to sort of regroup and um, gear up back to touring again. But I want to go international so I made the decision to stay put for a second and hmm. and then gear up for that and um, well like I was telling everybody you, you can view um, you have your own episodes up on YouTube the first one Shine on Shadow was episode one and it's you performing mm-hmm. and I mean it's about as stripped down as it can get and I think that's where most people can get to know you the best that want to hear you what do you that think that or the band I mean, if they want to see just, like, me stripped on solo performance, like, what that would be like, but also there's um, Mercy Hunt that's available on Bandcamp. Yes. Just streaming or buying. Um, so. And episode two was Famous Blue Raincoat with Leonard Cohen, and episode three, that's when you were back in Florida and you did Orphan Sun, which is amazing, and back to that radio um, uh, interview you did that... And they asked you what it was about, and you're like, it's about three. You, first of all, you looked at them and said, do you really want to hear this? It's about three separate people. You know, I'm like, I got that. <laughs> I understood that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that, and you wrap it all up in like a three-minute song, which is amazing and extremely, that would be tiresome. Then, of course, we have, oh, my God, I don't know. Should we hit on the, uh, I think we should, uh, your fake kidnapping? <laughs> Oh, I have the big kidnapping. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was great. I loved it. What a great idea. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Sugar Ransom, so that's usually where everyone's mind goes to immediately, and um, it's a kidnapping or a ransom note. I mean, to me, ransom like is the price paid for a man's life, but it's fun to play on the, the kidnapping thing. <laughs> and that was, yeah, that, I thought it was kind of cool. That was definitely uh, your good a good promo piece. Which is also yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, I feel like I, uh, you know, often owe the audience a laugh since they write such sad fucking music, you know. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, I come away with it like for me, uh, you know, people have always gotten me for listening to heavy and dark music, and also, you know, I like, you know, I go to my sad music, you know, listen to old Elton John, even, you know, like when he was yeah. good and, and Billy Joel, things like that. Because it makes you feel feel better. You're not alone, you know. Yeah. Well, that's why you know. Despite, like, and I have tons of people like, you should write just a couple more upbeat songs because you're large. And it's just like, no, I can't. Like, I I feel absolutely no need to try to reach <laughs> or relate to people who are happy. They're fine. Um, <laughs> and when I'm happy, I don't need to get rid of those feelings. I like to keep them. Good. So. But, hey, did anybody win those ramen noodle wrappers? <laughs> yes. Really? You yeah. want to explain that just because I don't think I can. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I just made, I had already made the record and paid a bunch of deposits and, you know, had taken all this time off of work. So I was really broke and I was just eating ramen noodles and sitting at my computer, like sending messages to people asking them to donate to my, you know, crowdfunding <laughs> campaign. So I thought it would be funny just to, you know, send them the record inside of one of my ramen noodle wrappers because <laughs> that's all I was eating for a while. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Sometimes you resort to them again, just for old time's sake. Uh, trust me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now you answered one of my questions though. Um, if you pre- you prefer performing solo or with uh, full band, I think the answer is both. You're enjoying the full band now, but you, you're always gonna. You think you're always gonna go off on your own and do your thing? Um. Yeah. I mean, I think. I think I make sense both ways. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. And I I enjoy both ways. And part of like 
performing solo gigs, like I can write a song and then play it that day. You know, I can finish it an hour before and just play it, perform it fresh. And my bandmates are really great, but I try not to do like horrible things to them. Like, <laughs> all right, well, here we go. Um, <laughs> Make them eat ramen noodles. Load, like, let's let's practice and then load out and then go and then you know set everything up and then play something that you've heard like once. Um, <laughs> they are really good. Like they pick, they always pick things up really quickly. I can bring them a song like the day before and and they're fine. So, um, and they do a great job, but. Um, yeah, I I like sort of also not be not having to write a set list and just doing whatever I want. So I like that. Right. Well, um, you want to mention well, Sugar Ransom and the Violent Mood Swings. Do you want to mention any of their names and what they do? Um, well, the Kavilar is the drummer. Um, he's great. He helps a lot with the arrangements once the the whole band is involved. Um, and we all kind of came together. I'd been in bands with a lot of them before, but I just sort of hired them to make the record, and now now some of them are still playing with me and having regular band practices since I'm back. And um, Jeff Brueggemann, um, the bassist, he and Covey live together and are like this um, maniac um, sort of like duo of like rhythm section that's like always tight and on point. They play in like 13 bands here, mm. um, and they're just... And they both have like normal adult jobs. Like I'm blown away and they have so much repertoire memorized and they're super sweet dudes and then uh griff dixon the lap steel player he's also the bodyguard of the band he's like six five um and a real sweetheart um, to, to you he's a sweetheart <laughs> yeah, yeah me. that's what you need <laughs> yeah very cool very cool um anybody else involved you want to mention um, well, Paul Knievers was my co-producer, and he played a lot of the the other instrumentation on the record, um, and you know, mixed and mastered it. And he's he's really brilliant at that. And he goes by Evil Knievers. I saw um, that. Yeah, I thought that was a great name. Yeah. It's, so, it's fun. personal question: Do some songs do they come to you in the form of a lyrical rhythm, or do you have the riff first? Like, do you, are you just spelling it out lyrically and kind of rapping with it, or do you just get that riff and you're like, these words fit this riff? Um, it it happens both ways. Okay, I can accept that. <laughs> um, <laughs> now you have this, this is interesting thing coming up, and I guess maybe you coined the phrase, but um, work human and work human behavior. Uh, it sounds like something I'd be into actually. An evening of doom country, suicide western, your words, and goth folk. <laughs> Where and yeah. what is this about? That's uh, that's this coming Tuesday at Bremen Cafe in Milwaukee. Um, Human Behavior is a band from Tucson. They're the goth folk band. And then um, Work is one of my favorite bands in Milwaukee. Covey and Jeff are also in that band. And my friend Joe Cannon is the writer for that. And that's the Doom Country band. All right, cool. Well, I Joe guess... a lot of murder ballads. Murder ballads. Another great term. I love that myself. Um, you, now you don't know this, but you turned me on to something, um, without trying when I was going on your page to look for videos, music or whatnot, or updates like I just found there. Um, I saw you were either totally upset by or intrigued by the movie short term 12. Oh yeah. Yeah. I watched it cause you. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, 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 yeah. How'd it go? I, ooh, I, I have um, a half hour left. I couldn't finish it because of work issues, but I'm gonna get back into it. Uh, I worked in an environment like that, 
uh, for a couple of years, and somebody real close to me worked there even longer. Uh, to see, boy, did they portray that exactly how it is. Yeah, it was. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in a long-term like girls' home mm. myself. Um, it wasn't a foster center, but it was like a you know home for wayward girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like the very like this girl who'd been there um, like after me or with me like maybe our times crossed over um, like very briefly was like yeah watch that one. And the opening scene, I was like, oh. Like, just, like, the very open, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be bad. Yeah. It was, this, I had yeah. a really good cry. A couple, I had, like, three good cries in that movie. It's rough, and it's to the point. It's a, it's on Netflix. I don't get paid by Netflix, but Short Term 12, if you want a realistic movie about um, kids in a youth home um, of all ages, uh, mm-hmm. and that's how they do it. I mean, it's little cottages, and it's broken up like that. And people with mixed issues are all mixed together to make it work yep. for them. And there's very, I want to say inexperienced people, but not really. There are people that work there that are, um, that have been through exactly what those kids have been through. And sometimes the kids yeah. don't know that. And those are usually the best people to work there or sometimes the worst. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You tell me. Uh, I've seen both. Yeah, I've seen both. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, um, you turned me on to that one. It was a, it was a rough one, but I'm always looking for things like that because there's very few movies that'll hold your attention these days. But that's one I think everybody needs to see at some point. People yeah. take for granted that I've never been in that situation. They, boy, do they take right. for granted everything. Well, and you know, a lot of people assume like because there is this sort of like normal like I mean, and, and everyone has a different life, but there is this sort of like traditional setup or like a few deviations of like the way that some people grow up and a lot a lot of. I have a lot of people that just have very much trouble understanding me because my life has been like so far away from what they could ever understand. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of us, you know. Oh like, yes. It's not like mm-hmm. there's, there's, yeah. Yeah, you're 100% right. Yeah, they can they no grasp whatsoever, and a lot of those people take a lot of things for granted. And yeah, you just said it. You said it yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I thought it was odd that you had that movie on there. Like, wow, that's, uh, yeah, that struck a nerve. That struck a nerve. Short Term 12. That, it sounds like a future song of yours. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good idea. Oh, boy. <laughs> or Long Term 12, you know? Yeah, Long Term uh, 12. <laughs> yeah, I like to inspire, intrigue, and horrify at the same time. <laughs> All right, so, um, listen, this has been real, and I hope to have you on again. And I appreciate you coming on. This is uh, Sugar Ransom on KWR. Now it's time for you to plug your stuff, what you got, what you got coming, where people can find it. Go for it. Um, all right. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me on. This is a pleasure. And um, you can find me on Facebook and on YouTube and on Bandcamp. And I haven't made a YouTube video in a while. I should probably – I'll do that. I'll do a, note, a new one soon. And I've got my show with work and human behavior on Tuesday at Bremen Cafe. And then I'm doing Dark Songs at in Sturgeon Bay at the end of October. And apart from that, stay tuned. Absolutely. Stay tuned. Check her out on YouTube if you really want to get a feel for her. Um, it's all in her eyes when she's singing and when she closes her eyes when she's singing. It, it's it's uh, It'll hit you. That's all I'm going to say. Um, we should go out with a song that I want you to pick. Um... The not one for wishing. Okay. Oh god, I gotta see if I actually had that written down. That was what I wanted to go out with. <laughs> That's oh, nice. awesome. Yeah. 
Nice one. Even though, like, I asked you, like, a, like two weeks ago, I think, like, pick some songs. I had them all written out what I wanted. <laughs> all right. We, we hit it there. All right. Uh, Sugar Ransom, everybody, look her up. And thank you so much for being on Kettle Whistle Radio. And, thank you. All right. And good night to all. Thank you so much.
Some Lucello, okay? Okay, let's settle that. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid. Electric acid.